0: everybody. Ah, there I am. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Oh, we can do better than that. Come on now. Merry Christmas. Yes, fantastic. Welcome to Harbor City Church. If this is your first time worshiping with us, uh, maybe you're here visiting family or friends from out of town, welcome. We're really glad to have you here this morning. Uh, Our service today is known as a Lessons and Carols service. And so the structure of the service is that there will be uh, a number of different scripture readings that will happen, and then they'll be paired with some different songs. Along the way, we will also light uh, both the, the fourth Sunday of Advent candle. We'll do that in a second. Uh, and then we're also going to light the Christmas Eve candle because this is a very rare thing that the fourth Sunday of Advent is also the night of, of the day of Christmas Eve. Uh, so welcome. We're here this morning because we believe that the birth of Jesus is something worth celebrating. We believe that the birth of Jesus uh, changed the course of history and changed the course of our lives. Uh, So we're glad to be able to uh, worship with you and celebrate that with you this morning. Uh, We are not going to have a break in the service like we normally do for kids to be taken down to the nursery. Uh, So if you have kids and you want to take them down to the nursery, feel free to keep them with you the whole service if you want. Feel free to take them at whatever point You want to take them. Our volunteers are down there and ready to receive your kids. Uh, We are also uh, not going to stop for uh, any announcements. So just let me remind you real quick that we've got Bible studies that are starting in January. Uh, We've got Sunday school that's starting in January. We've got grief share that is starting in January. We've got a bunch of stuff that is starting in January. The information for all of that is in the church center app. The one thing you want to make sure you don't forget is that in two Sundays, January 7th, we're having a joint worship service with Resurrection Pres and First Presbyterian Church. That service is going to be at 10 a.m. in the main sanctuary uh, here, next building over. Uh, So uh, please just kind of mark that in your calendars. We'll let you know more about it. Uh, Let me uh, me start us off with a word of prayer, and then our first readers are going to come up. Gracious God, we thank you so much. For this opportunity, this morning that we have to be able to, uh, to worship you, to be able to sing songs and read passages that uh, for some of us will be very familiar, for some of us might be very new, uh, and yet full of meaning and significance for us and for our lives. Uh, so as we worship you this morning, uh, would you be honored to, to be, meet with us, uh, to speak to us, and to encourage us with the good news of your sending Jesus uh, into our into our world and into our lives, it's in His name that we pray. Amen.
1: All right, church, let's all stand, sing together. Oh, come, oh, come, back. Some captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice. To you, O Israel, O come, O come, Great Lord of mine, Who to your tribes on Sinai's high, In ancient times did give the. Cloud and majesty, cloud and majesty, and all rejoice, 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 in you shall come to you, O Israel. O come, O Kiyo, David. Path to misery and strife. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you oh always. Sing that verse, chorus again. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you oh always.
2: candle.
3: What do the scriptures say concerning Bethlehem?
1: Stay seated for this song. I'll stand. Sing this. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful. said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What is the meaning of the lighted Christ candle? The light of the candle is a reminder that Christ, the true light, has come into the world as promised by the prophets. You may be seated.
0: Pray with me. Gracious God, we come to passages that for some of us are so familiar that it is uh, tempting uh, to tune out. Uh, Some of us come to passages this morning, stories and songs that are vaguely familiar uh, and mysterious and maybe confusing. But all of us are here this morning. Uh, And uh, we need to hear this story again because it is through this story that you show uh, how much your love extends towards us uh, as people. And so as we take a couple of minutes uh, to prepare ourselves for the rest of the passages that we are going to listen to, would you please help us? Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, So I'm just going to take a few minutes uh, at this particular moment in the service because I want to set the stage for what you're about to listen to. Now I know some of you, uh, these passages are really familiar. You've heard them hundreds of times probably, Uh, have read them, maybe even have studied them extensively. Uh, And for some of you here this morning, maybe you're here, you know, you're visiting family or friends and Christianity is not your thing. And yet you love who you're visiting and so you're here this morning. Welcome, we're glad that you're here. Uh, and so you need to understand why we make such a big deal, why we make such a fuss about Christmas. Uh, because we believe that the story is representative of how God loved us and moved into the world. But here's the thing, right? If you pick your favorite book, doesn't matter what, your favorite novel, uh, and pick your favorite chapter in that particular novel, uh, if you just read that chapter, it might be very satisfying for you to read that one chapter. And yet, if you read that chapter uh, separated from the rest of the novel, maybe something would be lost, right? Because that particular chapter has meaning and value set in the context of the larger story that that novel is telling. Well, that is true of the story that we're looking at. You can think of this story as a chapter, uh, and it is self-contained, and it is compelling, and it is beautiful, and it is filled with all kinds of wonderful facets. But the reality is that this story is part, this particular chapter is part of a larger story. Uh, it's part of a larger story that begins in the book of Genesis and continues through the rest of scripture and even to our day, it continues until the second coming of Jesus. Uh, and so this particular passage, John one, that, uh, that was just read, uh, does a great job of like highlighting that for us. The first thing that you'll notice in verse 10 uh, it reminds us that Jesus is the one that created the world. That's the first thing that this passage reminds us of. It says that the world was made through him. And that's a very interesting question. Like, why on earth would God bother creating the world? Uh, the answer that I find most personally compelling is that God created the world because he wanted to share the love that he had within himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, the love that he already enjoyed, he wanted to share that with his creation. He didn't create because there was something lacking in him, but he created because out of the overflow of his love, he wanted to share it with you and with me. And then the second thing that we see in this passage, we see also in verses 10 and 11, is that even though God creates, we rejected his overture of love. We, we rejected that love. You see it here, he was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Now this is talking about Jesus's ministry, but you understand that John wants you to understand this in light of everything that happened before, right? Adam and Eve were created and they rejected God. Cain, Genesis four, we looked, if you're a part of this church, we looked at that passage a few months ago, rejected God. You can go through all of the pages of the Old Testament and see time and time again, God, uh, God being rejected by those whom he created to share in his love. Now think about this from, from a personal perspective. I would imagine that probably many of us in this room have experienced rejection in some way, shape, or form. Maybe a, a breakup, a, a divorce, a falling out of a friend, falling out with a friend or a relative. And if that's true of you, more than likely your posture uh, has been one of, you know, kind of building up a wall, some kind of a separation of some kind. And that's totally understandable, right? Because the pain can be so significant when someone has rejected you, when someone has caused a rift in a relationship. It's only natural to want to protect yourself. And so that's why when we hear stories of those who who, uh, who pursue The offender, those stories leave us speechless. They leave us in wonder. The wife who pursues her wayward husband, the parent that pursues their wayward child, the friend that pursues another friend who has betrayed or done something horrible. We look at those stories and they, and they leave us like, oh man, that is such a beautiful thing because they point us to Jesus and they point us to God because that's what this passage is telling us, that God is the one who pursues us. We see it, right? He pursues. Look, he was in the world. He was coming into the world. He was in the world. He came to that which was his own. So you understand that this, what, we're, what you're about to listen the the next three or four passages of scripture that you're going to listen to. It's God pursuing you. It's God coming after you. It's the God who created you so that you could share in his love, and we rejected that love. And he's like, I I know you rejected me, and I'm still going to pursue you. I'm still going to come after you. There's a story that I read this past week that I think does a a beautiful job of of, uh, highlighting uh, what it is that we believe happens at Christmas. This woman had just come out of surgery, uh, and uh, she was lying in her bed, and sitting next to her hospital bed was her husband, uh, and the doctor had walked in, and the wife, the, the woman looks at her doctor uh, and said, uh, will my lips always be like this? Uh, during the surgery, uh, something had happened. One of her nerves had been cut, and so her lip now had uh, a funny little twic, uh, twirl to it. It wasn't The lips weren't the way that they were before. Uh, And she said, like, will my lips always be like this? And the doctor replied, yes, I'm sorry. Your lips will be like that from now on. And the woman just lay there in silence. And the thing that broke the silence was the word of her husband. When her husband said to her, I like it. I think it's kind of cute. And then he leaned over and he and the doctor saw it. he, He twisted his lips just ever so slightly so that he could accommodate his lips to the lips of his wife, and he kissed her. See, what we believe happens at Christmas is that Jesus, he doesn't just twist his lips in order to kiss you, but what Jesus does is he takes on human flesh. He takes on our humanity. He accommodates himself for you and for me in order to show the depths of his love, the depths of the willingness that he is willing to take in order to pursue you. This is why we give gifts at Christmas. We give the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas is a tradition born out of the understanding of the gifts that God has given to us. The gift of his love. The gift of his presence. The gift of him accommodating himself by taking on flesh to be our savior. But there's one other gift that John wants us to make sure we don't miss. And you see it in verse 12. He says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The gift of faith is a gift that allows those who had rejected God to not just be like, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're on speaking terms again, right? But it's a gift that allows you to come back into the in- intimacy of relationship that you could be called, you and I could be called children of god this is why john ends this particular section uh, with these powerful words the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth you're about to hear a story where you're going to hear about angels and a star don't be mistaken What you're going to see is the glory of God. What you're going to hear about is the glory of God. You're going to hear a story about a little baby uh, born in a manger. Do not be mistaken. That manger held the glory of God because Jesus is one with the Father. And the reason that that glory was shining for us uh, is so that the God who created us to share in his love... The God who pursues us when we rejected that love went to the willing, went to the extent, rather, of dying on the cross for our sins. That's the story that we're about to listen to. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for revealing to us this story. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this story. Would you please now, as we move into these accounts from the Gospels as we hear maybe for the hundredth time, maybe for the first time, about angels coming and announcing good news, about wise men traveling to find the source of this good news, would you please allow our hearts to be filled with the light of joy that you give us at Christmas? We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Luke one, twenty-six through
4: thirty-eight. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus.
3: He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus.
4: The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Verse again, Lord, again. Solid night, holy night. Just your voices. Jesus. Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from Thy holy face with the dawn.
2: he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you will come a ruler, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, they were overjoyed unto coming into the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and present him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Heroid, they returned to their country by another route.
6: All right.
0: The wise men brought gifts to uh, Jesus. They brought him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, Gifts that were symbolic of who he was as king. Uh, Gifts uh, that were suited to royalty. Gifts that were suited for one who would die. Uh, And uh, Jesus has provided gifts for you and I. Uh, He has given us the gift of his love. Uh, he died on the cross uh, for our sins. He's given us the gift of his presence through his Holy Spirit so that even now as you and I sit here through faith in him, uh, we know that he is with us, that his promise, I will be with you to the end of the age, he, he makes good on that promise uh, by giving us his spirit. And he gives us the gift of this meal. Uh, we believe that this meal is uh, its ordinary bread. Like nothing magical is going to happen to this loaf of bread. Nothing magical happens to the wine or the juice but we believe that by faith, what the Spirit of God does is that he takes something that is ordinary and uses it for a supernatural purpose, uh, that, that the Lord knows that those who seek to follow him uh, are still going to continue to struggle with this rejection. Still gonna, there's still those times in our lives when we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to be like, oh, I messed up again. Oh, I need that help. I need that grace again. Uh, And so God in his goodness has given you the gift of communion uh, to remind you, you can't follow him in your own strength, and you don't have to follow him on your own strength. Uh, So if you're here today and you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're here today and you've put your faith in him, this meal is for you to eat, to drink, uh, to receive the gift of your king as he seeks to provide for you. Uh, But maybe you're here today and you've not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Maybe you're here today and, uh, again, you're here because you are here with family or friends. Uh, We're really, really glad that you're here. Uh, Before you take Jesus as he is being offered to you in the bread and the cup, we would first ask you to please take him by faith. This whole story that you and I have been reflecting on this week is an example. It's the supreme example of God's love for you. Of the lengths to which God was willing to go in order for you to be able to not just have bread and wine, but to be his child. If you're his child, this bread is for you. If you're his child, this juice, this wine is for you to eat and drink. If you're not his child, then by eating and drinking, at best you're being a hypocrite. But at worst, you're saying with your actions something that you don't believe in your heart and will be judged for it. Uh, So if you don't know what that means, or maybe you're like, okay, what what does it mean to follow Jesus? Anybody that's serving up front today will be more than happy to to talk with you themselves or to point you in the right direction to help you answer whatever questions you might have about following Jesus. Uh, While communion is going on, we're also going to have somebody here uh, in this little alcove to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, please take advantage of that. Uh, all those prayers are confidential, and so many from our prayer team would love to be able to pray for you. Uh, the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and he said, "This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same way, after the supper, the Lord Jesus Christ took a cup, and when he had prayed for it, he said, "This is the cup of the New covenant, my blood, which is poured out, so that your sins could be forgiven." Uh, th- he was born for this. Like from from the moment that he was born, the plan was that he would die. And this bread and this cup is a symbol of that death. But that wasn't just the death of a really nice person. It was the death of the God-man in order to save you from your sin. And so if you're here and, and you question, like, please do not let this Christmas season pass you by without wrestling with these questions about who Jesus is and what it is that he has done for you and what it is that he is offering for you right now. Uh, If you're helping me serve, please make your way forward. Uh, And while our servers make their way up, uh, please join me as we pray for our food. Gracious God, we thank you so much that you provide this meal for us uh, to nourish our hearts and our souls. Would you please uh, use this ordinary bread and this ordinary uh, wine and juice Uh, to strengthen our faith and to help us follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, We do have gluten-free bread up here. Uh, If you need gluten-free bread, please let the person uh, serving you know and we'll be able to provide that for you for the benefit of our guests. We have two lines that come down the middle. You can go in either direction. Uh, We'll provide you with the bread. Please let the person serving the cup know whether you would like juice or wine. Uh, And hold on to both until uh, everybody has been served so that we can eat and drink together. Has everybody been served? All right, this is the body of Christ broken for us. Let's eat together. And this is his blood poured out for our sins. Let's drink. God in heaven, again, we thank you. We thank you that um, you saw fit uh, to give us the story about your love for us, sending your son. Uh, But even more, uh, we give you thanks because you have allowed us to be a part of the story uh, through the gift of faith, uh, by eating this meal, through worship. Lord, we ask that you would please help us uh, this Christmas day, this Christmas Eve day, rather. Help us uh, as we reflect on the story, reflect on these passages and these songs that you would use the story to, to deepen faith for those of us who have already come to a place of knowing and serving you and that it, you would use it uh, to, to germinate faith, to, to cause faith to grow, to, to spark it uh, in those of us who still have questions and are not sure what it is that we believe. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this food. Use it to nourish our hearts. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, let's stand and sing our last couple songs.
1: Christ is more the shepherds feared, the shepherds feared and trembled, when do above the earth, bring out the angel for us, that hailed the Savior's birth. course again we sing go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is for the last line that Jesus
0: Joining us this morning, Merry Christmas. Uh, we would love for you to stick around. We've got some Christmas treats uh, out here in the courtyard. We'd love for you to stick around. Obviously, you've got other things you need to go to celebrate Christmas. Have at it, have a great time. Uh, but before you go, receive this blessing from uh, your God and Savior. God the Father, who loved the world so much that He sent His only Son, give you grace to prepare for eternal life. God, the Son, who comes to us as Redeemer and Judge, reveal to you the path from darkness to light. God, the Holy Spirit, by whose working the Virgin Mary conceived the Christ, help us to bear the fruits of holiness. May we go in his peace. Amen. 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 Merry Christmas.